Hello and welcome back again to uh, Mike and Mike podcast as we have been uh, with you for, I don't know, several months now, um, looking at different aspects of, you know, stewardship of, of Christians at work, how we can uh, be better employees and employers. And, uh, you know, we, we've kind of been on this journey looking at a lot of, uh, of different aspects of this. And today we're going to, you know, we're going to take another turn um, and, and try to take a look at lessons we can learn um, if we took some of the Bible characters and uh, what can we learn from their success in business? What, what, what are those lessons that are there? Um, you know, this fairly interesting topic as, as we started kicking it around. Um, and what we found, at least initially, is that there's a lot more there that, you know, we've never just paid attention to because normally we're looking for the spiritual application as opposed to the physical application. Um, but I think as, as we go through this, it should be good for uh, all of you that are here. Uh, so we appreciate you joining, appreciate you being with us, and uh, and hope you can can hang on for the next part of the ride. How's everything in beautiful Somerset, Michael? We are uh, we are icy and beautiful, uh, but uh, everybody's safe, and that's very blessed about that. I, I, you know, by way of your introduction, I would add that uh, you know I, I think we should probably acknowledge at the front of all these that we 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 fully understand the spiritual application is by far the most important one and and what we are what we are attempting to do as we talk here is to kind of talk about a little a little narrow band a little a little uh what we think are genuine lessons for our little niche part of of uh, of life um, that is our business life but you know we, we we fully understand that the point the reason that joseph is in the bible is not for us to learn how to be better business people um that but those lessons are there. And so, you know, we're, what, what can we, what can we take back to our workplaces that we can learn from, from Joseph, Joseph or Ruth or Lydia. And, and, and hopefully as we, as we go through here, we, uh, we, we can apply those lessons. So I, uh, I look forward to, to seeing where we go. The, uh, the, the people have spoken and, and what they have said is that they can't hear me. And so I've invested, <laughs> I've invested in this fancy set pair of headphones. Um, makes my coffee drinking difficult. So I don't like them already. Um, but it, it brings up an important business and morality question is, is this a write-off? That's, that's, that's a better question for the accountant. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was, uh, I was, I was trying to trap you because there's no accountant on earth who would say this is anything more than a hobby. <laughs> <laughs> Well, also, uh, we have gotten some feedback um, from, from our last podcast. Uh, when you trapped me and pinned me down at the uh, end of the podcast, firing hard questions, and then we conveniently ran out of time. Uh, several have said that that was planned and orchestrated so that you could duck all of those questions. <laughs> Listen, it's not my fault. That was the best part of the podcast. Everybody <laughs> likes you being uncomfortable. The people have spoken. This is true. Um Anyway, so as we as we get in here this morning before um, too much of our time gets away, today um, we're going to be in Genesis 39 and 40, and we're going to take a look at Joseph. Um, many of us know the, the story of Joseph, so you know I, I'm going to just give a quick 1,000-foot, 30,000-foot overview of, of Joseph. So, you know, Joseph was one of Isaac's sons. Um, Rachel was his mother and remember the story of Isaac he you know worked seven hard years in order to get Rachel from Laban um he got hoodooed ended up with Leah 
Um, had to work seven more years to get Rachel. They had a bunch of kids between all of them, but there were two born to Rachel that were very, you know, significant instrumental in the story that Isaac favored um, and, and Joseph being one of them. And Joseph, from the time he was a small child, um, they made the coat of many colors and they elevated him and the other brothers were jealous of him. So uh, and then Joseph starts having these dreams and the dreams show all of his brothers and even his parents bowing down to him. And he, you know, excitedly tells them the story. They don't like it. Um, and now we find as, as we move through the story, they're kind of upset with him. He goes to help them pasture the flock. They decide that they're going to kill him. Reuben talks him out of it. They end up throwing him in a pit and then selling him to some Midianite traders. And Joseph then ends up down in Potiphar's house. So the, the first quick question I've got for you, Michael, here is, do you remember what Joseph was sold for to the Midianite traders? A good question. He was sold for 20 shekels of silver. All right. Do you know what 20 shekels of silver equates to? I, I do not have my uh, shekel uh Conversion, conversion chart. chart handy i'll let you tackle it all right so a shekel is two fifths of an ounce okay so if you've got 20 shekels of silver and check my math on this that's four ounces correct if it's two fifths of an ounce okay we doing you with me on the math do you know what the spot price of silver was yesterday <laughs> again i don't spot price of silver yesterday was 27 dollars and eight cents so you know, I, I'm going to assume that silver is inflated over all of these hundred years and the value is exactly the same as it is today. That's a hundred bucks. <laughs> so Joseph's brothers, all, you know, 11 of them, or I guess 10, because Benjamin probably would have been back at the house, sold him for a hundred bucks. So that means if there's, you know, 10 of them that were there, they all got 10 bucks a piece for their brother. I mean, I just, uh, that just struck me as crazy last night when I, when I was doing the math on that. So, and I don't think we, I don't think we know what Potiphar paid for Joseph. Right. And so maybe, the, maybe the lesson here should be about the Midianite traders. Cause they probably made a pretty lucrative transaction, frankly. I mean, I'm sure he's, he's good looking. He's strong. I mean, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm sure they sold him to Potiphar for a mint, yeah. but they got a hundred bucks in him. <laughs> so as they, they take him down into Egypt, uh, they turn their hundred dollars into, and, and I'll be honest with you. I don't think it matters. Let, let's assume just for the sake of argument here that maybe they doubled their money on Joseph. Okay. Potiphar made out like a bandit. <laughs> you know, if he got Joseph for 200 bucks, or even if he got Joseph for 500 bucks with, with what Joseph was able to do in his house uh, and, and grow things, uh, that'd be a tremendous investment. But as we get here, this is where we begin to see Joseph's, for lack of a better term, his business success. And so as we look at Joseph's business success here in, in Genesis chapter 39, really we're going to start, uh, you know, in, in verse two. And the first point I think that that's incredible here is that uh, starting in verse two, the Lord was with Joseph and he became a successful man and he was in the house of his Egyptian master. His master saw 
that the Lord was with him and the Lord caused all he did to succeed in his hands. So the, the first two points that, that I want to look at and, and, and I want us to kind of talk about a little bit here. One is, I think if we're going to be successful in business, if we're going to be successful in, I don't care what we do, right? If selling widgets or, you know, mopping floors, we've got to understand where the blessings come from. You know, it's, I think it's significant that this wasn't about Joseph being just a shrewd businessman. That, that's not the answer here. God blessed him. Now, it doesn't talk about the ways in which God blessed him. And, and I think we've got to maybe infer some of that. Maybe Joseph was, was, was quick-witted. Maybe he was great in math. Maybe he, you know, understood. And I think we're going to see that later, probably in lesson two with Joseph and Pharaoh's house, that, you know, Joseph understood, you know, dynamics and crop patterns and stuff like that. So there's, there's a level of intelligence for Joseph, but that it's not that Joseph's a smart guy. And I think sometimes in our own lives and, and even as managers in business, you know, we're like, oh, that guy, man, he's, he's really sharp. No, he's blessed, <laughs> right? It's, you know, I, I think we're blessed with a level of intellect and then we can use that level to further it, right? You know, people are either, they're quick, they learn things quickly and they can compound on them or not everybody has that skill set, and not everybody also develops it. I mean, there, there's very smart people that never further their education and have gotten stuck at, at spots in their career because they just never invested the time, effort, energy to grow into a specific position. But I, I think that that's my first point here is that, that we've got to understand where the blessings come from. We got to understand that it comes from God and we've got to be thankful if we want to be successful. One of the parts of stewardship, and I think we'll come back to the stewardship idea many times when we, when we talk about Joseph, but, but part of, of good stewardship um, is, is not just being a steward of the possessions that God puts in our, in our hands, but also a, a good steward of the, of the talents that God has blessed us with. And, um, you know, if, 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 you have a, if you have a talent for teaching and you're not utilizing that in God's kingdom— <laughs> Uh, you know, that you're not being a good steward of that, of that ability. Um, and I, I think in the same way, you know, we, we've talked about, you know, business is, is you know, just a, a, a fancy term for, you know, us getting together to do things. And, and so if, if you and I get together to, to form this an, an enterprise and we're good at it, you know, we have an opportunity to, to, to do more things. We talked about that a little bit on our last podcast is why do we want to be ambitious is so we can, you know, we can, we can help more people and, and, and flourish and help other people flourish. I don't think that is a, an unhealthy desire. Well, part of getting from A to B in that is being a good steward of the, of the talents and abilities that God has given you. And that, you know, the reason that we've talked about <clears throat> all the different departments in a enterprise is because not all those have the same skill set. Uh, we, we were texting last week about what a poor, poor salesperson that I am and would be. Um, and, and so there, everybody has, has different uh, abilities. Um, we talk about this a lot in, in, in the Lord's kingdom, and, and that's perfectly reasonable. You know, the body has many parts and, and you know, all the, those, those lessons from the, the Paul wrote to the Corinthians. But the same is true in business that. But to your point, you, you got to recognize where those blessings come from. And then, and then be able to utilize them in a God glorifying way. And uh, if, if, if I have uh, abilities um, that, that, you know, Joseph clearly had some ability for management, 
Uh, we can talk a little bit about that because consistently where he was put in, in a, in a position to be a steward or a manager, he succeeded. He did so at Potiphar's house. He did so in the prison. He did so for Pharaoh and, and not just, not just a little bit, but like overwhelmingly um, successful. Now, how did God bless him? Did God intervene in every decision that he made? And uh, in Providence, all of his decisions worked out perfectly? Perhaps. I think maybe more likely God blessed him with the ability to make good decisions. And, and because he was a, a prayerful and thoughtful, God-fearing person, and, and often, you know, uh, you know, was a uh, was, was the kind of employee that we would want to work with, right? Because he was a thoughtful and God-fearing and prayerful person, he, he was a good decision maker. Uh, now, we, we can get into the semantics of whether God was blessing the result of his decisions or blessing the, the uh, process of his decision making, but in either case, it's a, it's a blessing from God that he was uh, a successful manager. Uh, and I, th I think that kind of helps me think about everybody's role in business. You know, it, it's not that, that God is going to miraculously make all your bad decisions good ones, but maybe God is, is blessing the process if we're going about it the right way that we make better decisions. Right. And, and, I, and I'm, I'm more convinced. I mean, some of the things that we see, um, you know, it, over and over the phrase comes up, he found favor in their eyes. I mean, you know, what we would call that is he's likable. He's just a likable guy. Yeah. You know, he's one that, you know, and, and from, you know, the guy that's the sales manager, um, and I've been in sales my whole career, when I hire somebody to be in sales, that's the first thing we look at is, you know, are you easily likable? You know, we, we can figure out if you can sell stuff later. But the first step is if, if nobody likes you, if you have an abrasive personality, I don't care how good you are at stuff. If everybody immediately you put on edge, that's a problem. So there is a, you know, a skill set is a, uh, blessing when you're just a likable person, when you have a kind of easygoing personality. And I think we see that, and we'll talk about that a little bit later when he ends up in prison, uh, that how some of those things begin to come to light. The second point um, that I want to make is that I, what I find just fascinating and, and what is amazing to me is, is, is really verse three. His master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord caused all he did to succeed in his hands. So here's my question, Michael. How would Potiphar know who God was? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. The text is very clear that Potiphar is an Egyptian. I mean, and in fact, the text kind of goes out of its way to make that point, maybe in a way that I don't fully understand the consequence of. But in verse one, the text goes out of his way to say Potiphar was an Egyptian. And then in verse two, it goes out of its way again to say that he had an Egyptian master. Um, so, you know, what, what, um, what contact would Potiphar have had with Yahweh um, before, before Joseph came into his house? I mean, the, the chances of that would be extremely remote. And so how would Potiphar have known that the success that he was experiencing because of Joseph was from Yahweh? Well, the only answer there was that Joseph was attributing it to Yahweh vocally, openly, repeatedly. Um, and so that, that goes back to your, to your first point. We make sure we know where our talents and abilities and blessings come from and, and don't take credit for it. I, I, don't, I don't think Joseph took credit for this. You know, I, as, as far as Potiphar was concerned, 
things just kept coming up aces. But so that's great. And he recognized that. But he also recognized it's not just because I got a great deal on this Hebrew slave, uh, but that Joseph continued to, to uh, attribute those blessings to something else. Right. And I think that's significant. I, I you know, I think when we, and, and, and I think there, this is, this is a, you know, a little bit of a double-edged sword, right? There, there is, um, or there are, I think some people that, you know, almost are, are too, um, uh, what do I want to say? Um, down on themselves, you know, I'm not really that good. You know, there, there's, there's a fine line of being self-deprecating and, you know, and, and, saying really this is all about God and the God I serve and, you know, low self-esteem or whatever. Um, so I, I, I think it has to be genuine that, you know, uh, thank you, you know, but understand that, you know, my God's blessed me and that that's why these things work out. Um, and, and I think that that's got to be part of, you know, in that communication when we're asked about why we're successful or how we were able to do some things, you know, I, I think, that's part of it that the more we you know explain the more we talk about it the more credit you know we give to god for the skills and abilities uh I, i'm convinced the more we're going to be blessed and and that i think we're going to see that bear out throughout you know the rest of not only joseph's story but every one of these characters we look at is that you know, when we give credit where credit's due then we see more blessings yeah and, and to your point false humility is is kind of just as obvious as false ego. And, and so if it's genuine, like, you know, this, this is, this is, um, I'm doing the best I can and, and God has really blessed us here. A, a, a genuine understanding of where blessings come from is different than a, a, a false humility. I just keep doing dumb stuff and God turns it up roses for me. Right. That, that there, I think there is a, a genuine difference there. Um, and, and it appears that at least Joseph was able to, to walk that, line or to, to understand that. Um, and then I, I think that, I think that isn't, those two things have to go together. Those first two points that you made is that you got to understand where it comes from, but if we're going to be a salt in our workplace, we're not, we not only, you know, not understand where all the blessings come from, but also not be afraid to attribute them to where they come from. Um, and, and they're, you know, even in the most secular of workplaces, there's, there are ways to do that. Um, to where, where people understand that, that, you know, this is not, this is not from my brilliance. Um, but, you know, doing the best I can with, with God's help here. And he's, he's, he's blessing our efforts. Yeah. And, and I think that's the, you know, as you said, the, the, the fine line to walk and there's, my advice for those that are listening is in order to do this, you've got to really believe one <laughs> to be able to do two. I mean, that, that's gotta be a core tenant. It can't just be a, you yeah. know, yeah, I think these come from God. It has to be a core, you know, I believe that, that God's blessing the things that are in my hands and then, you know, you can communicate that. But if you loosely believe that and it's really a, you know, cover for your pride, <laughs> you know, I, I think you're going to fall on your face with it. Yes. And the same, you know, we, we, we've talked about before the the same is true, you know, in the church, where does, where does that growth come from? You know, that, that is a, I planted a Paulus water, God gave the increase kind of mentality. 
and it's the it's it's the same you know it's the same in the workplace if if we if we if we bring that mentality i think that i think that's noticeable so i, I will i'll tackle the next one and i i would like to focus a little bit on on the actual um, stewardship aspect here um that uh you know in joseph's first two um vocations that <laughs> and i, I kind of use that accommodatively because i don't know right. if we'd call him that you know he was a he was a slave in Potiphar's house and he was a prisoner in the Egyptian prison. Um, and yet he took seriously the things that were under his stewardship. And, and you think about, could, could you, could you lay out two more um, demeaning and discouraging circumstances that one could find themselves in in life that, that effectively no assets of your own um, in, in neither can, in both, conditions your freedom is non-existent you are completely under the control of another and and yet in even in those circumstances joseph took this concept of i am caring for potiphar's things or i'm caring for the things of the prison um he, he took those very seriously and i think it's interesting that in both cases it says uh we, we said that uh potiphar didn't care about anything except the food he ate. That's that's Genesis thirty nine verse line, Genesis thirty nine verse six. Uh, like everything else, Joseph's got control of. I'm not even I'm not even worried about that stuff. And then if you go on to the last verse of the chapter in, in Genesis thirty nine verse twenty three, the keeper of the prison paid no attention to anything that was in Joseph's charge uh, because the Lord was with him. He he didn't he didn't have to look over his shoulder either. Um, it was just it was just known that Joseph was going to. He was going to take care of the things that were under his charge. He was he was he was going to manage it. He was going to be a good steward of it. You didn't have to you didn't have to check his work. You didn't have to make sure he wasn't embezzling and and doing things for his own benefit. Um, that doesn't happen immediately, as you and I know. Um, it's not as if Potiphar, you know, suddenly just trusted this unknown Hebrew slave with all of his possessions. There was a there was a lengthy process of Joseph doing the right thing and being a, a an excellent steward, an excellent manager, took care of somebody else's stuff even in the worst circumstances. Yeah, and and, and I think sometimes um, th th this is where um, the number of verses aren't indicative of the amount of time. And I think sure. sometimes we we read from verse three to you know what was that verse six or nine? Yeah, nine there. And we think like, all right, that was the first week he was on the job, right? <laughs> you know, Joseph's like, hey, I'm here. God blesses me. And all right, here's all my stuff. Like that's that's the dumbest thing you can ever think about. Um, one thing I want to double down on, on that verse nine. Like I, I can't imagine. I mean, just think about how absurd that concept is. This is a guy you bought for a couple hundred bucks and you have no concern about anything in your household except what you're going to have for lunch. And, and because you've got such embedded trust into the slave, not not into your brother, not into your cousin, not into one of your kids, in your slave, all you're worried about is, is it PB&J or ham for lunch today? I mean, I, it's just, that's that's crazy to me to think yeah, you got it, there. Yeah, and this is not, you know, this is not a hired manager. It's not somebody that you, you know, put, put out feelers, check some resumes, uh, did, did a couple of interviews, knew that knew that he matched the culture of your house. You know, <laughs> this, you know, you, you, you bought this guy from some Ishmaelite, yeah, <laughs> so, from some, from some Ishmaelite, you know, uh, wanderers. And 
so yeah, to, to, to your point, what would it take to, to, to gain that, to gain that level of trust? And we all might also note that, you know, Potiphar, at least from what we can tell is not some obscure, um, you know, subsistence living Egyptian, you know, he, as, as a captain of Pharaoh's guard, we can, we can expect that he would have had some assets, you know, he, he would have had his household likely would have been, you know, um, I'm not saying the, the wealthiest in Egypt, but, but he would have, at, at a minimum, been upper middle class Egyptian. He had some stuff, and and so what what he was putting Joseph in charge of was not um, uh, we're not talking about menial um, a, a small thing. Uh, over time, Joseph was put in charge of all his house, and we can assume that that was a significant amount of possessions. Uh, but as you said, that's something that had to grow over time. Yeah, and 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 I'm I'm actually I'm going to take a little bit of the other side of that, given that that you know uh, Potiphar would have been a you know a chief of Pharaoh's guard. Okay, he he would have been compensated well, but he would not have had you know the assets as if he had his own small business, right? You know he's sure. he's paid well from Pharaoh, but I don't think I think we can infer from the text that Pharaoh re- or Potiphar really didn't begin to prosper till Joseph showed up. You know, he had, I think he was upper middle class, but I think he was wealthy by the time Joseph goes to prison. And, and I think there's a, there's a couple of things that we can read in there. I mean, the fact that he wasn't murdered immediately um, uh, upon the, the accusations of, of Potiphar's wife um, and, and the way that he, and also that he took him to where the king's prisoners were. Like, he didn't even go into the debtor's prison. Like he, he went to where the king's prisoners were. So there were, there's a couple of things in there that tell me, you know, that, Potiphar, you know, prospered greatly, you know, at, at Joseph's hand, and that's what allowed him. But let me just back up just just a second, because one thing that I think we've got to hammer out here in this point is, I think sometimes we get in the mindset of, I can do these great things and the blessings when I'm the CEO, when I'm the CFO, when I'm the sales manager, when I'm whatever position. But Joseph started with small things, you know, back to verse four. So Joseph found favor in his sight and attended him and he made him overseer of his house and then put him in charge of all he had. And from the time that he made him overseer in his house and over all that he had, the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. And the blessing of the Lord was on all that he had in house and in field. So, you know, again, if you read that too quick, you miss the part that Joseph just started out attending him right? Joseph's just following him around. What do you want me to do? And Joseph may have picked weeds, you know, his first couple of weeks there, first couple of months there, but his, his attitude, the way he went about it, the fact that he was likable, he was good to be around, you know, Potiphar in, in my mind, as I read the text, Potiphar just kept giving him more stuff, right? You, you're going to pick weeds this week. Next week, you're going to plant. Then we're going to have you a, a, you know, a small part of the field. Now I'm going to give you a little bit bigger and, and it grew over time. So we've got to be faithful in the very small things we do first. If we want any hope of being faithful in great things, you know, yeah, we, you don't wake up as a CFO <clears throat> or a CEO, you've got to work your way up. And, and that's part of the grind. Yeah. We would call what happened to Joseph being promoted, right? Yeah. I mean, he, he was promoted to, to more and more responsibility. <clears throat> All these points we're making are intertwined. Got he, he, because of his, character and his attitude toward God, um, God, God blessed him 
he was he was clear and transparent with where the source of his blessings and the source of his success came from. And those two things combined uh, allowed him to be promoted into larger levels of responsibility. I don't, I don't know why those lessons don't translate. I think they do. Yeah. And, and I think, again, for, for us, we've got to be patient. right? You know, we, we want to think from verse three to verse nine that that's a month. But, you know, realistically, you know, if we're looking at a timeline, that's probably seven or eight years of, of time that he spent in um, Potiphar's house and, and, and yes. as he grew things. Yes. And so, you know, we've got to be patient with the fact that these, even though, and, and I think this is the other incredible thing for me. So Joseph is blessed extraordinarily by God. No question about that, right? We, no, we're, none of us are arguing that point. But yet he was still a slave. Yet, yet he's still under somebody else's control and he didn't have any of his own assets. I mean, he's still eating the scraps off of Potiphar's table. So we need to understand that because God blesses us does not mean we're going to be in ideal circumstances. It's, 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 that's just not realistic. You know, we think, well, God's with me. So I'm the, you know, CFO at Google. No, God may be with you and you're, you know, sweeping floors at a factory. Um, you know, God can be with you no matter where you're at and still bless you and still cause success in your life. It doesn't have to be the glamour. And I think sometimes we, you know, well, if God blesses me, then I'm going to have the big house and the nice car and all this other jazz. When in reality, God blesses us despite those other circumstances. I would even, you know, first of all, agree and take one step further. Who really received the material benefit from Joseph's efforts? It was Potiphar. Correct. There's no indication that Joseph did. To your point, he, he went into that prison with as many assets as he went into Potiphar's house. And so. Maybe and, a nice change of clothes. <laughs> and, and, I'm not say, and I'm not saying Potiphar treated him poorly. I, w- I would assume that he was, he was treated well for his position. But. He was Joseph, still a slave. He was still a slave. And, and Potiphar, as you said, Potiphar benefited greatly during Joseph's time in, in his in, uh, in his employment or in his, in this, as his master there, I don't know if we see any indication that Joseph resented that fact. That's kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and I think that translates also, um, again, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm not getting into capital versus labor here, but <laughs> that, that I think that that is at least something that we, we need to keep in mind is our employer should benefit from our work. And, and they may benefit greatly. Joseph didn't receive the fruits of that. Now, we can talk about the fairness of that or whatever. The fact is he didn't. I don't see him resenting that fact. He, he is content as God's servant. Um, the blessings come from him and, and go on to the next thing. So I, I want to double down on what you just said there, because that is the key, I think, that unlocks all of this. Back to the beginning, we understand that the blessings come from God. We, we understand that, you know, we have to appreciate that. We have to communicate that. But also we have to understand that's who we're actually working for. Joseph never really worked for Potiphar. I mean, Potiphar benefited greatly from his labors, but Joseph looked at it that he was working for God and that it was God's blessings that he was taking advantage of, that he was using to the best of his ability. And and one of those things that that I think kind of leads to our next point is, let me ask you this. Did, did God ever leave Joseph? Certainly not. Yeah, certainly not. Okay. So 
Joseph's brothers sold him out for a hundred bucks, right? Gets there. And we know the next part of this story, right? That while Potiphar's off enjoying the fruits of what Joseph's produced for him, right? I don't know where Potiphar's at when this whole deal goes down. Maybe he's on vacation and he comes back home and finds out that Potiphar's wife lied on Joseph. And, and even though Joseph said, look, I can't do this thing to my master, which again, I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty incredible. Um, I, I'm going to make a, a couple of points here that, that I, I think are way overlooked. One, Joseph is a 18 to 21 year old, really good looking kid. Okay. Uh, we, we, we see that, you know, in the text that he is handsome in appearance. All right. He's an 18 to 21 year old, good looking kid. I assure you based on Potiphar's position, his wife was not unattractive. Okay. But yet Joseph, Joseph could have said, look, I'm the one making all the money here. I'm the one that's really in charge of the success. And he could rationalize in his own mind and his own heart, and let his lust lead him instead of his heart and say, I deserve to sleep with her and nobody's going to find out. But he didn't. He said that that sin not only was against Potiphar, but that sin was against God. More importantly, I, I can't sin against my God. My God has blessed me. I'm not doing this to God, not Potiphar. So he gets lied on and gets thrown in prison. How many of us, when things go bad, we have businesses fail, companies get bought out, get downsized, plant gets shipped to Mexico or, you know, Honduras or whatever, that we say, well, that must mean that God stopped blessing me or God's left me or I've got a lack of faith or some other nonsense that we say, that, that we equate our physical circumstances to the blessings. But there is no point in this text, again, Michael, unless I've absolutely just missed the boat here, where God ever left Joseph's side, even though his circumstances were awful. And, and not only uh, that, that things went, went sideways, but in this particular case, it's not always the case, but in this particular case, through no fault of his own. Mm-hmm. In, fact, in fact, through his moral action, the result was, was per, you know, incredibly detrimental. And so, again, how does that translate? So, to your point, you know, in, in business, things can go sideways in unfair ways. Mm-hmm. And, and we, we might lose the customer or we, we might lose the position because we, because we made the moral choice. That, I think that, that might be the direct uh, correlation. correlation. Um, if we make the moral choice and, and lose our position, if we make the moral choice and lose the customer, um, are we going to be able to have the attitude of Joseph and just move on to do the next thing to the best of our ability? Um, that I, I think that that probably speaks as well to his character than anything else. You know, not not lying with Potiphar's wife is is incredibly um, upright, but then just moving on to the next thing without becoming resentful and bitter. And, and, and doing the same work in the prison that he did at Potiphar's house, I think that's incredibly impressive um, that uh, he, he did not uh, become, at least that we can find, I'm sure there were moments of discouragement, but he did not allow his life to become embittered and discouraged because he, you know, 
experienced a really, really difficult circumstance through no fault of his own. So, and this is what's incredible too here in, in this next shift or this next phase is, so there's only one spot you can get on the, you know, hierarchy of life that's worse than a slave and that's a prisoner, right? So he, he goes from favored in his father's house. Dad loves him more than any of the other kids because of, of mom, okay? So he goes favored in his father's house, coat of many colors, dad props him up to slave, to now prisoner. And he's not done anything wrong. Like he's done nothing to, what What will we say there? He's done nothing to deserve any of this, right? He's a good dude. He works hard. He's blessed by God. He's done everything the right way. And how many of us get discouraged, get down, lose our faith because of these types of circumstances? That, you know, well, if God was with me, this wouldn't have happened. <laughs> no, God can be 100% with you and horrible things still happen. Yeah, deserve's a tricky word. Uh, anytime that I hear the word deserve, uh, the hair on my back of my neck stands up a little bit. Um, we, we, don't, we don't deserve the grace we get. And sometimes we don't deserve the circumstances that, that Satan puts in front of us either. Um, and so, uh, you know, was, was, Satan, was Satan behind Potiphar's wife? I don't know how you could say that that's not the case. I mean, that was, that was Joseph being tested. Mm-hmm. And so in, in either case, this, this very American idea that we're always, we always should get what we deserve. Uh, that, that makes me, that makes me squeamish. So yeah, Joseph didn't get what he deserved. What, one other, one other point that, uh, that I would make about Joseph's condition in this, in this move from slave to, to prisoner is that as, as, as bad as it is. And, and we, as we've highlighted, it could have been worse um, because had Potiphar, in my judgment, truly believed that Joseph tried to rape his wife, Joseph would have had a fate worse than the king's prison, almost certainly. Right. What, what, what was Potiphar's job again? Yeah, he was captain of the guard. <laughs> you, th- you think he had a weapon on him? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, you think he came home unstrapped? Or he probably had, you know, a sword at his side or on his back or however he carried it. So, you know, again, not to get too deep into the, the, the psychology of this, but Potiphar's put in a, in a pretty difficult position here with, with a wife who is, who is claiming some pretty serious allegations about a slave. And, and, and you know, what, what did Potiphar do? He, he kind of tried to play the middle. And, okay, I, I have to take some action here to kind of, um, for, for the sake of my wife, but I don't think Joseph deserves what, what would be the normal punishment for this offense. And so he hedges, plays the middle a little bit and puts Joseph into the King's prison, which is, which is to your point is, is as far as prisons go is not the worst in Egypt. And so, uh, what's, what's the takeaway from all that? You know, the reason why would Potiphar believe this Egyptian or excuse me, why would this why would Potiphar believe this Hebrew slave over his own wife? Um, integrity earns the benefit of the doubt. And so um, Joseph earned some benefit of the doubt because of those years that he did everything the right way. And Potiphar didn't care anything about except his, you know, ham sandwich um, that that. And I, I think that that translates to uh, integrity will earn you some benefit of the doubt in your own workplace. 
Yeah, and 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 I it's it's so interesting the way that that um, verse nineteen is worded there. When his master heard the words that his wife spoke to him, this is the way your servant treated me. His anger was kindled, but it doesn't say against who. <laughs> you notice that that because if his anger is kindled and he's got a sword on his side, I think he murders Joseph. You know, if if I come home and you know I think somebody has tried to you know attack my wife. I'm putting hands on you. I mean, I'm just, you know, there's no way, shape or form about that. I may wear a suit during the day, but I will put hands on you. And his anger's kindled. And Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison, the place where the king's prisoners were confined. And he was there in prison. So he's, you know, he's mad, but he's not full-blown rage. He's not, you know, killing Joseph. So I, I think he's, he's angry, but, you know, to your point, it's, you know, I wonder what he's mad about. That, you know, his wife's made this accusation and now he's got to deal with it. But he knows when he gets rid of Joseph, there goes all the blessings that Joseph's been doing for his house. So in some ways, you know, Potiphar's going to take a massive loss here economically but because of what he's got to do. And also he's seen Joseph, you know, if Joseph's not going to rob a crop, how's he going to, you know, try to rape his wife? You know what I mean? It's, it, and it's back to our earlier point. If you're faithful in little things, if you don't, if you won't steal a nickel, you're not going to steal a million bucks. If you're going to be faithful sweeping the floor, then people can trust you with the bank books, right? And it's it's earning that trust over time. Here's the other thing that I think is, is is incredible in this transition. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him steadfast love and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison put Joseph in charge of all the prisoners who were in prison. Whatever was done there, he was the one who did it. And the keeper of prison paid no attention to anything that he was in Joseph's because the Lord was with him and whatever he did, the Lord made it successful. Sometime after this, you got the cupbearer and I'm looking for the, the right word there. The captain of the guard appointed Joseph to be with them and he attended them and they continued for some time in custody. So, I, I mean, listen, I, I, I'm, I'm as flawed as anybody is. I'm going to be a little bit jaded about this. You know what? I don't think so. I don't think I want another management job. You know what? I'm going to go over here and sit in my corner. You know, last time I was good and tried to do the right thing. This didn't work out. You know, no thanks, but no thanks. I, I don't think I want that job anymore. But yet here's Joseph. Like, all right, you want me to manage some stuff for here? I'm going to see what I can put together. And then as the, as the cupbearer and, and you know, the uh, – who was it? The cupbearer and the Baker. Baker. You know, as, as, as they came in, and uh, my favorite verse in all of this is verse 7. So he asked Pharaoh's officers who were with them in custody in the master's house, why are your faces downcast today? We're in prison. Why are you happy? The better question is, why are you not? You know, that these guys are, are in prison. They went from a place of honor as the baker and the cupbearer for Pharaoh. And, and, you know, their whole world has crashed. They have the reaction that most of us would have right? They're down on themselves. They're, you know, hate that they're in the spot that they're in. And yet here's Joseph. And what we can read from his personality is, is cheering up beat. Hey boys, what's wrong today? Come on. It's a great day here in prison. You know, let's, let's do some stuff. Let's go polish something or whatever they did. I mean, I don't know what all he was in charge of, but I mean, he had a cheery attitude and disposition. So that's my last point um, is that we control our disposition. It, our circumstances don't control our disposition. If Joseph can be happy and upbeat in jail, if he can still attend people and care about their feelings in jail, I mean, what, what does that say to how, how we should be in the workplace? Like, 
we've all been through tough stuff in the workplace, right? We've, we've been through, you know, difficulties, maybe not meeting sales numbers. Maybe, you know, you go through some mergers and acquisitions or downsizing or whatever, but we can choose to either let that ruin our attitude and ruin our, our mindset and, and, and ruin our, at our, where we're at our emotions, or we can still be upbeat despite the circumstances. And, and I think it's Joseph continuing to be upbeat, continuing to, try to be as positive as he can despite his circumstances is another reason that he was very successful in, in everything that touched him is he didn't look at it as, as a bad thing, but another opportunity. Like, look, I, you know, maybe all I got is this corner of the prison that I'm supposed to mop, but I'm going to do it the best I can. And I'm going to do it with a smile on my face and a song in my heart. I also think it's just incredibly interesting in chapter 40 and verse four, who, who put Joseph, um, in charge of attending the cupbearer and the baker was, was the captain of the guard. <clears throat> so I, I don't know what relation that person had to Potiphar. Um, I could have been Potiphar for all I know, but it was certainly somebody that at least would appear to have some relationship with Potiphar. Mm-hmm. And that, I think that, I think that goes again to this, to this point of um, Potiphar continued to respect Joseph. Um, even after the, that incident, um, because of all the, all the things that, that you're talking about. Um, so, you know, why did, why did Joseph succeed at Potiphar's house? Why did Joseph succeed in the prison? Wasn't because he could tell dreams and, uh, or, or, uh, interpret dreams. And it, and it wasn't because he had some supernatural ability. Um, I think what we can see from scripture is because of the things that, that we, we discussed, he, he was blessed by God in, in some ways that I'm not sure we have the details of. We can see the rough outlines of he was blessed by God to, to, to be a good steward and, and uh, to make good decisions in a godly way. And he gave credit to God for those successes. And the way that the way that um, that spirit of giving God the glory and treating others in a in a in a respectful way um, continued to serve him well. And interestingly, continue to serve his employers well. Uh, and I think that translates very well. Yeah. <clears throat> so a quick rundown kind of as we wrap up, you know, it, wh- how, do, how do we be as successful as Joseph was, right? Um, it, it, let me run back through these points. One, we understand where the blessings come from. Um, we understand that it, it starts and ends with God. Two, we show that. that. That's part of our lives. We are salt and light. And if we're salt and light, that's going to reflect and change the people around us. Um, third, we've got to be faithful in the small things first. Do the job that you have as good as you can do it, and then you know things will come after that. And even if uh, they don't, setbacks in business, setbacks in life don't mean that the blessings stop. Don't mean that that that's the end of the story. You know, it could be just a temporary deal here. You know, I, we don't know how long Joseph w- was in jail. He was there for some time. Um, he may have been a couple of years in jail. So we may go through periods of life where things are difficult, but that doesn't mean God left us. That doesn't mean we should lose faith. And, and then finally, we, we're the one that determines our attitude. So despite our circumstances, we've got to choose to be positive. We've got to choose to see the good. We've got to choose to do everything to the best of our ability, despite our circumstances. I think if we can do those things, we can be successful in, in whatever we do. It doesn't matter what business you're in. and doesn't matter what role you fill with the company. If you can follow Joseph's roadmap here, um, I, I think you can be, 
you know, highly successful. And I think that um, as, as we move forward, thinking about um, our next study together, we're going to, I think we intend to stay with Joseph because the, the lessons we can learn from him don't end in prison. You know, we know that he's got a, another, another role, another promotion in his future. And, and there are definitely some lessons that we're going to learn as he moves into the employee of, of Pharaoh. And so uh, we'll, we'll look forward to that next time. All right. Sounds good. Thank you again, brother, for joining us. And uh, we'll try to do the same thing uh, next week. Thank you all for being here. And uh, we hope as, you've, uh, as you think on these things, they could be helpful for you too. Stay safe out there, my friend. See you, brother.